0: This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church.
1: Most of us remember that day. It's etched in our minds, a permanent reminder of tragedy. We all watched helplessly as lives were lost Heroes were born, and a nation was forever changed. The loss was unimaginable, the sorrow unbearable, but through that pain, we witnessed the resolve of a nation. We saw chaos give birth to courage, fear transform into fortitude, and destruction give way to determination. In the midst of the brokenness, freedom stood immovable. Today, we remember those we lost. We honor the heroes who saved so many and grieve with the families who have suffered so much. It's been 20 years, but we still remember and we will never forget.
2: Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great sufferings, and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The true gospel
1: of the Lord. Praise to the Lord, the word, the light. Okay, be seated please.
0: Where were you when the world stopped turning On that September day Were you in the yard With your wife and children or working on some stage in L.A. Did you stand there in shock At the sight of that black smoke Rising against that blue sky. Did you shout out in anger and fear for your neighbor? Or did you just sit down and cry? Did you weep for the children who lost their dear loved ones? Pray for the ones who don't know. Did you rejoice for the people who walked from the rubble and sob for the ones left? Did you burst out with pride for the red, white, and blue and the heroes who died just doing what they do? Did you look up to heaven for some kind of answer and look at yourself and what really matters?
1: I'm just a singer
0: of simple songs I'm not a real political man I watch CNN I'm not sure I can tell you The difference in our rock and our rim. But I know Jesus and I talk to God And I remember this from when I was young Faith, hope, and love are some good things He gave us And the greatest is love Where were you when the world stopped turning? That's that September day Teaching a class full of innocent children Or driving down some cold interstate Did you feel guilty cause you're a survivor? In a crowded room did you feel alone? Did you call up your mother and tell her you loved her? Did you dust off that Bible at home? Did you open your eyes, hope it never happened, close your eyes and not go to sleep? Did you notice the sunset first time in ages, speak to some stranger on the street? Did you lay down at night, think of tomorrow, go out and buy you a gun? Did you turn off that violent old movie you're watching? Turn on Isla Blue, Siri runs Did you go to a church and hold hands with some strangers Stand in line and give your own blood Did you just stay home and cling tight to your family Thank God you had somebody to love I'm just a singer of simple songs I'm not a real political man I watch CNN, but I'm not sure I can tell you the difference in our rock and our rim. But I know Jesus and I've talked to God, and I remember this from when I was young. Faith, hope, and love are some good things He gave us, and the greatest is love. I'm just a singer of simple songs I'm not a real political man I watch CNN but I'm not sure I can tell you The difference in our rock and our red But I know Jesus and I talk to God And I remember this from when I was young Faith, hope and love are some good things He gave us And the greatest is love And the greatest is love And the greatest is love Where were you when the world stopped turning On that September day?
2: good afternoon to you afternoon, you know some events in human history impact us so greatly that we will forever remember the circumstance surrounding where we were when we heard the news I'll never forget sitting in a classroom while in the sixth grade and hearing the reports of the space shuttle Challenger with the first teacher in space Krista McAuliffe on board and the sudden explosion over the school PA system I remember exactly where I was who I was with and what I was doing at the turn of the Millennium I'll also never forget working all night bartending and waking to see smoke billowing up from the north tower of the World Trade Center, and moments later seeing the second plane crash into the south tower. Those images are forever embedded in my memory. You no doubt remember exactly where you were, and what you were doing when you first heard the news. But today, I want to ask an attempt. I want to ask an attempt to answer the question that no doubt has puzzled so many since that horrific day, 20 years ago. Where was God on 9-11? The same place he was when Adam rebelled in Eden, waiting to cover his sin. From the very beginning of human history, man has acted in rebellion against God, who made and loved him, creating man in his own image, placing him in a perfect environment, making him master over all creation, providing for his every need, and spending time with him in the beautiful garden, were ways God demonstrated his love for the crown of his creation. But albeit deceived by the evil one, man made a conscious decision to rebel against his creator and friend. Where was God when man first raised his ugly head of defiance and rebellion? Couldn't he have stopped it before it began? It was not a matter of whether or not he could have. It is a matter of his design for humanity and his plan of redemption. He designed us with a a freedom of choice. In his sovereign knowledge, he made provision before the world was ever created for man's redemption, knowing full well that man would make disastrous choices from the beginning. When Adam and Eve finally fessed up, he was there with a covering for their nakedness and shame, exacting the ultimate punishment On an innocent victim to cover man's sin but he was there and where was God on 9 11 the same place he was when Noah built an ark protecting him from disaster sadly man's rebellion didn't did not end with Adam and Eve their sons and their son's son for every generation followed in their rebellious path until such time that the wickedness of man filled the whole earth and its stench rose as an offense to the holiness of God Yet in the midst of such ungodliness, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Here was a man, not a perfect, but a righteous man who faithfully proclaimed the righteousness of God. And when God, grieved by man's wicked rebellion, determined to wipe man from the face of the earth, he furthermore determined to spare Noah and his family and form their stock, repopulate from their stock repopulate planet earth. So in mankind's greatest natural disaster, God was on his throne protecting his own. Where was God on 9-11? The same place he was when Job lost everything he had, except a nagging wife, proving himself to be God despite unfortunate circumstances. Just as Noah's generation experienced Earth's greatest natural disaster, Job would surely rank among the top in man's history as experiencing the greatest personal disaster. Again, we see a man, a good man, a godly man, standing for what is right and hating what is wrong. Did being blameless and upright immune Job from problems? or even disaster? Of course not. Job lived on a planet that at times experienced natural disasters such as tornadoes and earthquakes and fire. There were evil men in this day too who were willing to kill and steal to get what they wanted and he became the special target of a satanic fury. As a result, Job lost everything of value, even his precious children. Where was God? Had he turned his back on Job? would Job return to the favor by return the favor by turning his back on God? No. No and no. God had not deserted Job, and Job would not curse God, even though he was urged to do so by a less than faithful wife. Where was God when Job was losing it all? Where was he when Job's children were killed? Where was he when Job's flesh was racked with pain? Job maintained his integrity and recognized that it was God's prerogative to give and take, and it was his duty to bless the name of the Lord. Where was God on 9-11? The same place he was when Abraham lapsed in faith, safeguarding his fulfillment of his promise. It might be successfully argued here that today's struggles with radical Islamic fundamentalism are traceable to this unfortunate incident in Abraham's life. Abraham, the father of the faithful, had left his homeland at the prompting of his God and gone to a land that was to be given to his descendants after him. There was a slight problem, though. He had no descendants. He had a beautiful wife, lots of servants, and many possessions, but no descendants. So how would God fulfill his promise? How could he? Abraham was already an old man, and Sarah, his wife, was well past the years of childbearing. Did God need a bit of help? Well, along comes Hagar. She was young and her womb fertile. It was uncommon in his day to find a surrogate mother to bear a child for a barren wife. And maybe God did need some help. There's nothing wrong with helping God out, is there? God does his part and we have to do ours. So to Abraham and Hagar, is was born a son, Ishmael, father of the modern Arab states not the son of promise that distinction was to be reserved for isaac whom sarah would eventually bear to abraham when he was 100 years old and she was 90. so where was god on 9 11 the same place he was when joseph was rotting in jail accomplishing his perfect will if anyone was ever misunderstood and ill-treated it was joseph if anyone ever suffered wrongly it was joseph Yet, with all his hardships, problems, and abuse, Joseph was able to honestly say, You meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. This was certainly true in the case of his brothers selling him into slavery, Mrs. Potiphar falsely accusing him of attempted rape, and the lapse of memory of his butler friend. Yet, each step of the way, God was able to take Joseph's trying circumstances and mold him ever more closely into the man he would one day become. He was there all the time. Though I'm sure Joseph must have wondered at times. Where was God on 9-11? We could go on and on and and, and tell of experiences such as Moses on the backside of of the desert being prepared for greater service. Or Samson groping in darkness being strengthened in his hour of weakness. Jonah being swallowed by a fish learning that God's way is best. Daniel being thrown to hungry lions, resting comfortably on a lion skin rug while jealous men sought to end his life because of his faithful testimony. Peter and John beaten for preaching the gospel, being given greater opportunities for sharing the good news of Christ. Or Paul being stoned, shipwrecked, and imprisoned, yet being assured that all things work together for good to them who love God. maybe the greatest insight into the heart of God when a tragedy strikes, such as the 9-11 disaster, in response to the question, is the response to the question, where was God on 9-11? He was the same place he was when Jesus hung on the cross. Enduring the pain for the benefit of others. Oh, the horror. The agony. The anguish. The pain. Not just the thorns on his brow, Not just the lashes on his back. Not just the bruises from the reeds and fists of his captors. Not just the plucking of the beard of his face. Not just the spit being hurled at him. Not just the nails in his hands and feet. Not just the spear piercing his side. All this, yes, plus the weight of the sins of the world pressing down on his shoulders. Where was God when his one and only son hung dying on the cross? Didn't he know? Couldn't he have prevented it or or stopped it? Was he helpless? Was he not aware? Did he care? Of course he knew. Of course he could have prevented it. Of course he could have stopped it. Of course he wasn't helpless. Of course he was aware, and of course he cared. God knew it was happening. Could have stopped it, but he didn't. Is he some kind of fiend? No. He had a larger picture in view. There was a greater good to be accomplished by the suffering and death of Jesus. Through the suffering of one, many would be made whole. Through the sacrifice of one, many would have their sins forgiven. Through the death of one, many would be made alive. He wasn't just sitting idle and helpless as his son suffered. He was using the schemes of wicked hearts to bring about the redemption of mankind. He reminds us that My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we ask again. Where was God on 9-11? Well, here's the bottom line. God was not surprised by 9-11. But he was saddened by it. God did not cause 9-11. But He does comfort those affected by it. God may not prevent future acts of terrorism, but He will provide peace to those whose hearts are filled with hatred if they will return to Him. Amen.
0: A bishop a day keeps the devil away. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas.
2: Be seated, please. It's time for everybody's favorite part of the service. Not that. We already did that. <laughs> We're still getting there. I mean, you know, it's one of those days again. We had a few glitches. Okay. Uh,. Let's look at that and then let's go over here to look at this How about this one does that look right so what what's the favorite part of the service I forgot the announcements he yells it out whatever I don't want him to all week long no all right you know you can't make a difference um, We survive on tithing and donations here at at the church. That's that's what makes us, keeps us afloat, basically. pays our bills, helps pay for the computer equipment, helps pay for lighting and pays for candles and hosts and wine and helps us bring the message that we're bringing to you, uh, to you. It's been a tough couple of years, and we're still new. I mean, we have only been around for five years. Uh, It seems like a long time, but we're still new, and we're... We're feeling the pressure of, of the economy and the, the COVID and the, all of the things that have happened in the past. I'm not going to go through all of it again. Enough depression for today, right? Um, and we need your help. If you could, if you can find it in your heart, if you can find a way to do it, anything at all, donate to Dallas Universal Life Church to help us keep our message going. You do that by going to dallasulc.com and simply click on donate. So take anything, a nickel, a dime, a dollar. Uh, you can also go to Amazon, uh, smile.amazon.com. Whenever you go shop on Amazon, go to smile.amazon.com and choose Dallas Universal Life Church as your charity. We will receive one half of a cent for every dollar that you spend. I know it doesn't seem like much. seems like a drop in the bucket. But you know what? It adds up. If, if we had multiple people doing this and going to smile.amazon.com and adding Dallas Universal Life Church as their charity, we'd be doing great. <laughs> So, if you consider that as well, we appreciate that. Okay. Well, now, some people just say, you know, Bishop, I love my church. I want to tithe. I don't have any money. This, this COVID thing has got me out of work. I don't have any work. I'm, the employment's over with now, so I don't have anything. Oh, so That's easy enough. Just do what I do. I don't have any money either. You just volunteer. We're an all-volunteer church. And it's a great way to meet uh, people in the church, you know, your congregation, even if you're new. It's a great way to get yourself in the door. Okay. Uh, it's very simple to do that. All you can do is go to I don't think it's on here. It's not. Uh, you go to dot DallasULC.com, and look under Volunteer. Okay, Pray at DallasULC.com. Pray at DallasULC.com. This is where you go to send an email for a request for prayer. We uh, pray every day here at Dallas Universal Life Church. You can request that your prayer be said during our daily devotions here at the church, or you can ask that it be said during our Sunday service at the with the prayers of intention. You can choose to remain anonymous or leave us your name. Pray at DallasULC.com for your prayer requests. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Very simple. Another email address for you coming right up feedback at dallaswlc.com. You have one of those, just send us an email. We'll take care of it for you. Okay? Did you know we had a podcast? We, have we do. We have a podcast. Yeah, we do. We do. And if you haven't checked out the podcast yet, please go check it out. It's different than being here in, in, in the church, it's different than watching it on YouTube or wherever else you're watching it. It, there's something different about it. I don't know what it is. And plus, there's some cute little, you know, corpse and things. and You know, quips, quips, not corps, Quips. Quips in there that um, kind of make it a little fun, too. We ask, well, Bishop, okay. How do I get to see your, 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 your podcast there? Well, that's very simple. Go to your favorite uh, search provider, Google, MSN, whatever it is you're using, and type in Your Path with Bishop Mark in the search bar. Your Path with Bishop Mark. Or, if you don't want to do it that way, you can use one of the wonderful apps that are out there that, that support us. And those apps are... Anchor by Spotify, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and TuneIn. Check those guys out. They, they every, every week, in, day in and day out, whenever we have an alcohol on them, they put our message up there for free. Uh, so, and kudos to them again, and we appreciate everything they do for us. Okay. Check out the podcast. You'll like it, I promise. Okay. I meant to turn the sound off on that this time, but I didn't do it. I think I, I think I missed a save on here somewhere. I think it backed up. Because, you know, I was having trouble with all the stuff. And some of the stuff's not there. I think that's what it is. Anyway, we'll figure it out. I'll turn that down just a little bit. Look, Dallas Universal Life Church is participating for the sixth year at the Walked in Alzheimer's. As many of you know, all of us are touched by Alzheimer's. Almost everybody you know has had some sort of uh, experience with Alzheimer's. I, myself, lost my grandmother uh, uh, a year ago last December. So it's been almost almost a year and a half now, I guess. uh, To Alzheimer's, to a long, lengthy um, bout with Alzheimer's, Gavin lost somebody as well to Alzheimer's. Um, And if you ask around, you'll find that a lot of people are affected by this. So we need your help. So we walk to walk in the walk to end Alzheimer's, and and, you know it's a lot of fun to go, and we enjoy the camaraderie. It's it's nice, but the most important thing is we're raising awareness and raising money for the cure of Alzheimer's. Um, if you want to join us, we'd love to have you. Um, let me tell you a little bit about what's going on so that you'll know what's going on. if you decide, hey, that's something for me. So let's take a look at that. On November the 6th, November the 10th, November the 10th this year, November 10th, 2021, we will have the annual Walked In Alzheimer's Sleepover here at the church. Okay? Very easy. Just be here by 10 o'clock. The doors will close then, and there will be no in and out. Okay? The next morning, September the, I'm November the 11th, 2021, that's what? It's, uh, two months. It's two months away. Two months. Away. On November twi- uh, 11, 2021, we will uh, depart the church no later than 7 a.m. to head to Dallas City Hall, where they will be holding uh, the march this year as of now. Unless there's something changes, which you know, in this world, who knows? Uh, but last year we marched in our own neighborhoods, which was very nice. But it will be nice to be back with the big group again and have that, that feeling of power with trying to f- beat this horrible disease. Dallas City Hall at 7 a.m. Okay, Then uh, registration is at 8 a.m., uh, the opening ceremonies are at 9 a.m. and the walk-in at Alzheimer's will start at 9.30 a.m. Okay, we'll do that, head back to the church, Let me take a little break, take a breather, hopefully it won't rain on us this year, and... I remember that year, it was cold and wet, it was cold and wet, anyway, we've had all kinds of weather, it's just Texas, you know how it is, okay, so then, uh, after we go to Walt Disney's Alzheimer's on November the 12th, that's a Sunday, November the 12th, you have service at 3 o'clock, please make sure you come back to service, you know, it's, it's a good time for us to kind of close out the weekend and, and finalize everything and kind of give ourselves a pat on the back for what we've done, okay? If you've already joined the walk, fundraise, 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 fundraise. This is not just about going on a walk. You've got to talk to, your, talk to your friends, talk to your neighbors, talk to your coworkers, talk to everybody and say, look, I'm walking in the walk in Alzheimer's, would you mind sponsoring me? Put it on Facebook, put it everywhere. Talk about it because that's what it's about. It's about raising money for the awareness, for the cure, for the help of people who have it now who need help. And there's Munchkin even marching. See that? Munchkin even works his little butt off out there marching. Until I have to carry him, so please. The in is Alzheimer's is only two months away, and that's that's quick. You know, if if you haven't signed up yet, please do. And let me tell you how to do that. You go to, I think it's on here, but I'm, I'm going to read it off here anyway. I think I am. Somewhere. Here it is. It's very simple. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash act dot alz dot org act dot alls.org, A- C- A- C- dot, A- L- Z dot org, forward slash go to forward slash Dallas ULC. Okay. HTTP C- colon forward slash forward slash, act.alz.org forward slash go to, G O T O forward slash Dallas ULC. Or if you just want to go to the uh, Alzheimer's website, the Walked In Alzheimer's website and type in Dallas ULC under the search, you'll probably find us. Then you can do that if you want to join our team. We'd love to have you. Also, if you'd like to donate to one of our team members or to the team as a whole, you can do that there as well. And we would appreciate your support for that as well. That's an important cause for me and I know for a lot of other people here. So, walking is Alzheimer's two months away. All right, there we go. There's Gavin. All right. Oh, and here it, here it comes. Just so you can see it, here it is. HTTP, ACT.ALZ.ORG. Slash go to. Slash Dallas, you'll see. see. There it is. In writing for you, so you can't miss it now. Right there. All right. Anybody else getting tired of this song? I'm getting real tired of playing it. I'm not going to quit. I'm not tired yet. Thank you. I was waiting for that. Wash your hands it takes 20 seconds of soap and water that's how long that song was it seems like a long time to get your hands cleaned That's the minimum amount of time that is the minimum amount of time it takes to get these germs off of you if we all would just become more hygienically aware of ourselves and our surroundings i think that we could really put a dent in this coronavirus thing and maybe put it to bed for for good um Look, we're adults, we're children, and we have children, and we have grandparents, and we have everybody else. Teach them the same thing, 20 seconds of soap and water, 20 seconds of it, then you go under the water, rinse it off, dry your hands, and use sanitizer if you can, hand sanitizer if you can use it. Every time you walk the dog, every time you eat food, every time you prepare food, every time you get out of bed, every time you go to the bathroom, every time you pick your nose, every time you do anything with your hands, you need to wash them. I know it seems crazy to have to do it all the time, but look, this coronavirus is crazy, and this is a bit of a messed-up world. And I, I, I don't, I don't want to have any more calls like I've had, of of hearing of uh, friends in the hospital, or friends uh, on, on ventilators, or, or friends' parents dying, or friends being found in their apartment dead, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Do your part. Wash your hands. Get vaccinated and continue to use your social distancing skills that you've been taught it's not that hard folks if we can do this all together we can get this over with and maybe get back to some sort of normalcy that we used to have and it'll be the same but uh, maybe we can get somewhere close to it all right all right so get ready for this big announcement beginning on september the 19th which is next sunday communion will be offered on the third Sunday of the month and on special feast days, holidays, and special occasions only. Okay? So the first, second, and fourth, or if there's a fifth, Sunday of the month will not have, necessarily have communion unless it's a special day, uh, a feast day or a celebration day. Okay? I'm just going to go through my notes here and, and, and tell you why I just put it up there where I did it. So let's see the question is why. Why? Why are we doing that? It's simple. Attendance. The service and the round table is too long. is what I keep hearing. It's just too much. It's, it's you know, we have an hour and 15 minute service. Sometimes we're running late, too. So And then we have, you know, a 30, 45 minute long round table after a 15 minute intermission. It, it makes for a long day, and it does. And I'm beat by the end of it, too. So I, I think that this would, add, you know, help to maybe increase our attendance by lowering the time you have to be here. Maybe keep the attention span a little better. I'm not sure. Um, it gives us more discussion time, more personal time to discuss our issues, <coughs> rather than going through the, you know, the, the rigmarole of. And I don't mean it that way. I don't mean it bad, but I mean just going through the, the process of, of having communion, which is sacred and important to us. But it does take up a lot of time. And you know, I think if, if if we, you know, can, can bring that down a little bit, we can have a little more personal time to discuss. Attention span. I mentioned that a moment ago. Um, we can often overload new members with too much pomp and circumstance. They see the, they see the robe, and they see the collar, and they see the candles, and they see the oh boy, where I got myself into, right? So I think that's that's a good a, a way of, you know, not. I mean, it's important. I think it's important. Communion is important, but I think if we don't have to do it, we, we, I enjoy doing it every week. I wish we could. I wish we had the time to do it. I wish we had the attention span and the energy to do it. I just think this is the best move for us as far as trying to get our attendance up and get some more people interested and, and I, you know, attention spans aren't what they, what, they, what they want it to be. They're not going to listen to every word I say. Believe me, I know that. I mean, we have people that fall asleep all the time in the middle of my sermons, or the beginning of my sermons. But, I think if we, if we can bring it down a little bit and maybe keep their attention a little more focused on what they want to talk about, rather than just, you know, this issue here, the communion, which is still important, we still do once a month, but I think that will could, could increase our our uh, membership again, which we need to do badly. Please. Yeah, if you haven't been here yet, if you haven't been to the church and you've been watching on YouTube or you've been listening on our podcast, look, come on in. We're open. Every Sunday at 3 o'clock. Every Sunday at 3 o'clock. Usually. By 3. Somewhere close to there. (laughs) I also think it makes communion even more special because it's not offered every week. Um, It's something that you can look forward to. And you can maybe cherish it a little more because it's not so um, normal for everybody. Okay. Any questions that you have about what I've just said? No, I think so. Okay. Good. Now I guess I explained it well. And guess what? That's our announcements for today. That's gonna start playing a song now. Nope. 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 <laughs> I missed a slide there, obviously. Okay, let us rise for our system.